Hey, thanks for tuning in today. It is Tuesday after Memorial Day. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. It's a time where we honor our vets who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, which is seeming pretty relevant given this time in the lockdown or quarantine or pause, whatever you want to call it. But optimistically, it seems that everybody's moving towards opening up here in the state of New York. We have the Mid-Hudson region opening phase one today. New York has had no updates, but I was in the Prospect Park this weekend, and it seems like everybody was being pretty responsible. People are ready, but they're trying to follow guidelines, and I think that is a good thing. So today, we're going to talk about Joe Rogan, his move to Spotify, what it means, and how it's going to change the digital landscape and is it going to change maybe moving patterns out of california because of this whole lockdown because of the housing situation because of the tax situation remains to be seen so we'll break this up into two parts let's let's talk about joe rogan right now if you've been under a rock for the last 10 15 20 years joe rogan is identifies himself as a comedian first he is the host of the Joe Rogan Experience, hashtag JRE. And it is probably the most most downloaded podcast in the world. It's approaching it. It's pretty close. Maybe uh, Call Me Daddy is the, that's the newest one. But if you want to talk about long-term, who's been in it the longest, maybe him, Joe Rogan, Corolla, and Mark Marin, maybe those three. But Joe Rogan's definitely up there. And Let's go over his career. You know, he started out as a comedian in New York. He did did stand-up. Now, if you want to talk about the quality of his stand-up, he's just back and forth. But it's undeniable that he's extremely intelligent, smart, and hardworking. And his recent move to Spotify inked him supposedly, sup- supposedly a $100 million deal for exclusive content now the whole details of this is not quite quite public but the rumors are with the articles it's about a hundred million dollars so joe rogan he started out as a comedian doing stand-up he moved on to be in shows like news radio which was a, a sitcom that went into syndication for a short amount of time and uh, probably his biggest break into mainstream culture or visibility would be Fear Factor. That was, what, early 2000s? Um, and that was on for quite a long time. And so he was most notably that. He was kind of pigeonholed as the Fear Factor host for quite a long time. And then he had a transition into, not a transition, it was kind of simultaneous while he's doing this. Uh, as a UFC announcer and obviously UFC became huge I think a lot of part of it has to do with podcasting the way fights are visualized on your phone changing in the market and cultural acceptance of MMA and martial arts and things like that Uh, so he's very into fitness and this whole time, basically, I think around 2004, 5, 6, probably 2006, he really started to do his podcast regularly with a 
another comedian called Red Band, who was kind of uh, the producer, but also had some, you know, he was also had some input on the show that transitioned into his uh, young Jamie, Jamie Vernon. And now it is what it is today. And it's one of the most downloaded podcasts in the world, approaching 300, 400 million downloads a month and uh, well over 1,000, maybe 1,500 episodes. And uh, I think one thing that people forget is that he basically popularized the long-form podcast content uh, uh, format. And I think talking about formats is really important because I, I remember this book I read a long time ago called The 22 Laws of Marketing. And it talks about first mover advantage, which Joe Rogan, who was really early in doing this in podcasting, but not only that, he also was probably the first mover advantage into the three hour podcast format. And so basically creating a new niche or riding that wave of that segment of a three hour show, like before he really did it, people didn't really think or feel that you could have a show for three hours and retain people. Um, he has guests on from, I mean, originally it was just him and Red Band and sometimes have guests early on had Anthony Bourdain, some really famous people. He's had Elon Musk on, he's had, uh, I mean, you name it. He's also has his friends of Ryan Callen and Brendan Schaub who do MMA fight companion. This also format, which has actually been done with soccer, but he did it with MMA where you watch something live you podcast it live and talk about it so you know he's kind of broken ground with formats like that uh, changing media in that way and i think it's really important to note that that's it's a game-changing move to show that it's successful that people like it and they, they like to monetize it and i think a big reason for one of his successes too is that he deep dives into small niche categories that people like that have hardcore fan bases mma one of them comedy another one bow hunting fitness um i don't really know the other ones but that's 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 some of them they're cars big car guy so he kind of jumped into these little sub categories on top of the podcasting, on top of the YouTube and everything like that. So I think that's a really important part of his success and why why he's become so popular. And he kind of got into a little bit into politics where he's has kind of right on certain things. He's very left on other things. Um, he's had pres- he had Bernie Sanders on, he had presidential candidates on. So I would argue that he's maybe the most influential man on the internet. He's up there. I mean, obviously... Trump and some politicians are more, uh, but he's he's up there. He's up there in terms of entertainment, and I think that's kind, this conversation is kind of important because what does this mean? His the most successful podcaster, why he is, you know who he is. Why is this important that he's moving to Spotify? And does this have to do with the money? Because everyone loves money. $100 million is a lot of money. And I'm sure he's going to be running his own ads on top of that. Um, and does that move also 
signal maybe a move out of California where the entertainment business is. Uh, the podcasting business is not necessarily need to be in LA, but it pretty much is in LA for the most part for the most successful podcast. And you have guests in close proximity. You have to have space. Uh, people who are semi in the entertainment business because podcasters, you know, a lot of podcasters just podcast, but most of them, you know, they do like me, I do real estate, I do business stuff. People do comedy, they do TV, they do cooking. It's a, it's another way of marketing and keeping in touch with an audience. And, um, you know, I do this app on Spotify's Anchor app, which was bought a, a while ago. And uh, it's a very, they're, they're basically, they really want to make that move into dominating sp- dominating podcasts so we know who joe rogan is he's has this spotify deal where all his exclusive content will go to exclusively to spotify by september and then by the end of the year everything will be there including video which i think is very important so that's part one part two we're going to talk about why this move matters what does it mean what are the motives behind it and does this also mean something about whole people's moving of in the entertainment business it is a lot of speculation but sometimes it's fun to speculate but first we got to sell you something here you go and we're back all right we're going to talk about part two right now so we talked about joe rogan who he is his kind of long slow burn come up he has a hundred million dollar deal with spotify so what does that mean i thought this was really interesting because spotify is making moves to dominate the podcast space i mean if you compare the spot the spotify app to the apple podcast app i mean in my opinion it's like uh apples and oranges it's way better never crashes uh, way more curation of finding new content. Um, it, it's just a superior app. And picking out certain people, I think Bill Simmons also got like 144 million or something like that. And picking out people like Joe Rogan, is that the start? Is that the trickling down effect of getting some of the top content producers to move? And taking away space from the the big players like Google with YouTube, Apple with podcasts, where censorship has been an issue and monetization manipulation for content that they talk about is become a major issue in the last couple of years where obviously there's billions of hours of content that's uploaded all the time into YouTube. They can't possibly monitor it with people but that you know they have algorithms and then the whole the whole angle is that basically if it's if it's been demonetized when it first comes out it's like you know it's like still like old-fashioned tv where it's like you know the most amount of views are going to happen in the first 24 48 hours maybe a week especially if it's an ongoing show like it's a consistent show if it's not like a specific topic based thing then it then it could be um then it's that's really important. So a lot of creators are saying that this has been a intentional, strategic way to exert political influence in the social media free speech space. People like Gavin McGinnis, people like 
Alex Jones taking off taking off the platform um, because in claiming that it's regulating free speech. Other people talking about, you know, when you talk about COVID, is it misinformation? Is it flat earth? And what's the difference of like, you can talk about this politics, but then flat earth stuff is up there. So some, a cultural figure like Joe Rogan moving to Spotify, this company who's really trying to make a move. I think it's an important change in the digital landscape. And what does that mean for for new media it's if someone like joe rogan is going away from california-based companies like well not all california but they're you know they get their start they're more footprint in california like google and apple and to someone like spotify whose stock has been going really great for a while and also you know i use this app right here they're trying to bring podcasting to the people because everyone and your mother has a podcast these days but taking that angle of the podcast and then expanding it into other streaming services because part of the joe rogan deal that was being talked about is that it's going to expand into video and it's basically you know another throwback from the 22 laws of marketing basically you know google made a brand of youtube nothing really can compete with youtube right now vimeo has a lot of music stuff but no one's going to vimeo to hang out and watch videos right um, there's other websites that are up there, but nothing really compares to YouTube. And I wonder what Google's reaction is, or if they even made a um, play at it to, to prevent him from going over. Or if it's a, you know, like how is that going to impact YouTube? Because the thing that made YouTube so popular is that it was fun, off the cuff, uh, kind of not sloppy, but just like raw versus what it's turned into, which is a lot of produced clips with the news, with um, really professional studios. And can Spotify get that angle back by bringing people like Bill Simmons and their audience, Joe Rogan and their audience? Is there more people coming on? Um, and even just from a, a, a small business perspective, the ad products for Spotify are so much better for someone who's not trying to spend a ton of money but wants to get some influence out there or get the message out there about their car shop or their their advert their biz their real estate business or whatever versus YouTube which sometimes it just feels like you're dumping money into a deep dark hole that Satan eats out of and you lose all your money um so there's that and then i guess the last part of this is i'm thinking that they're they're going trying to go in through the back door and get into video via the podcasting via taking the top content producers um, because you know a lot of people are moving towards you know or have been moving towards uh, things like very small amount of their content on YouTube and then paying directly the the producers to get access to all their content so I'm wondering how much of a play this is going to be and how much is play on Spotify. And then a lot of talk, Joe Rogan and a lot of these podcasters and content producers have been talking about leaving California, leaving California because of draconian lockdown laws of this, especially L.A. with the covid virus. And then also the taxes are just insane. And the fact that digital working and remote working is going to become more of a thing in the future 
And someone like Joe Rogan, if he gets a $100 million deal and he moves to Texas, he's going to save like $14 million just by being in that state. And then think about all the, the jobs that will come around it. Not just him specifically, but local promotion that happens from a show and then the wave of people that moves because of a couple handful of people doing it. Uh, and just, you know, I see a lot of in this show, I talk about real estate stuff and why it's so important. Um, but I also like to talk about these issues of, um, you know, the tech landscape and just media in general, because I like it. It's fun. Uh, but even just some other, there's another pretty popular up and coming content creator, uh, Elijah. It's slightly offensive. Just moved out of LA, moved to Arizona because of the the politics and the lockdown and the cost of living and the taxes and uh i think that once could there be a domino effect of when certain people influential people leave let's say a platform or a geographic area what's that going to look like for the whole market of the economy in housing in jobs and in just life in general and is that gonna is that gonna bring influence into other places like i could see why couldn't you know austin or you know san antonio or denver someplace that's kind of like red blue but also doesn't have a huge media presence like la and new york become a huge media hub if a couple of big names in the middle come over i think it's a possibility i think it's probably something we need because the whole issue of this this move and changing platforms and things like that is is there too much influence of the media in New York City especially in the news too much influence of the show business industry in LA to regulate these things and if they go into these other states that are still early on with media and the advent of moving home cheaper cost of living more space is this going to shift the whole industry of the working from home, the content creation, the pseudo show business to new places? And do people follow? And when people of influence follow, do other industries follow? Like Facebook talking about how they're going to remotely work and have at least 60, 50% of their workforce be remote by 2030. And uh, that's something very realistic people hiring people in other areas because of the cost of living so that's my speculation all right i actually get accidentally got cut myself off there at the end but that's okay i was gonna end anyways so thanks for tuning in uh you're my favorite if you listen to the end thanks for subscribing if you like these podcasts like subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Follow me on social media at Marcus Amadeus or on Facebook. And if you are looking to buy, sell, or rent an apartment in New York City in these transitional times or the tri-state area or anywhere in the country, I'm a real estate professional that I can help you make those moves efficiently, effectively, and do it in a manner that's going to be the least amount of stress and the least amount of wasted time for you. We got a network of brokers, agents, 
handymen, attorneys, mortgage professionals that can help you get your house in order. Now is more important time than ever to get your finances in order, have a nice house to have some space if you're going to be working from home. We have in New York right now in Brooklyn, I have a a one bedroom on the market with two home offices. I have a three family on the market in Crown Heights, beautiful historic looking building. And with development rights, I have another one bedroom coming up. So there's a lot of action happening in the market. We're going to be open pretty soon. If you're a renter, there's going to be deals out there for you. If you're a landlord, you're going to need brokerage services more than ever to help you keep tenants. And if you're buying and selling just the nature of coronavirus, you're going to need to be more aware of your time, exposure to people, going in and out of houses. So use a professional. You can't go wrong. And listen, the advice is free. If you just want to DM me or call me for some advice and you think we're not a match, I'll give you some free advice. That's all you need. So I hope you enjoy. Talk soon. Bye-bye.